I talk to so many moms who say, Brooke, I want to pray for my kids. I just don't know how to start. That's exactly why I wrote my digital resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children. It's your how-to guide, giving you a very short, simple, step-by-step process for how I first started praying God's Word. Download it right away, and I'm not joking, you'll be praying God's Word by this afternoon. All you need is a Bible, a notebook, and a pencil, or your phone, if you prefer, somewhere to create a short list. You can find that freebie in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and the mission of our time together is to help you learn to make prayer the first and best response to the challenges of parenting a partnership between you and the God who loves your children more than you do. Together, we're learning to pray God's word for our children in the areas they need it most. All this month, we're doing a social media reset. The first three episodes have focused on the technical side of things. We spoke with Chris McKenna of Protect Young Eyes about how social media is impacting our children, and he walked us through the top five social media apps of 2023 including some vision for what we can expect in 2024. Last week, we spoke with the podcast team from Covenant Eyes. They helped us understand what's happening right now with pornography, things like the average age of first viewing, how it impacts our children, their minds and their brains, and how we can do our very best to protect them. This week, we're slowing down a bit and turning to the heart of the matter. 
literally. Julie Lowe, author of Safeguards, Shielding Our Homes and Equipping Our Kids, is joining me to teach us why it's so important to proactively safeguard the hearts of our children and gives us practical steps to make it happen. If you're a parent desperately trying to understand this internet world we live in and its effect on your children, this episode is for you. To help you know whether or not the time is right for your child to have a cell phone, we've put together a simple cell phone checklist that you can download for free. Just head over to the show notes to download your copy. And remember while you're there to pick up your prayer guide to accompany this season, praying God's word for your child to have wisdom. In it, you'll find biblical teaching on what the Bible says about choosing to live a life based on God's wisdom and scripture-inspired prayers for your family to choose a life of wisdom over a life of foolishness, to know how to make decisions, to stand strong in the face of temptations, to know which paths to take, and how to understand the life that God's called us to live as believers. You can download your copy now when you visit the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll dive into this important conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Well, Julie, welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. I am so glad to have you as our guest today. This is your first time with us. And so I thought it might be a great thing to just start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, about your ministry, just help everybody get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Yeah. I am a counselor. I've been counseling for about 25 years and served in various ministries and organizations. I also am a speaker and an author. I've written several books. I am a mom of five children, and our family has served as a foster family and adoptive family for 20 years, actually. Wow, that's amazing. Now, I'm reading on the back of your new book, which we're going to talk about, that you are a faculty member at CCEF. And I have to tell you, my background is in counseling. I have a master's in counseling as well. I went a little bit different route. I went into the crisis counseling world and worked in crisis pregnancy centers for a long time before coming home and doing what I do now. But when I got out of graduate school, I somehow found CCEF and just absolutely sucked down every single thing I could find at the time. I don't claim to have read the entire library now because it's been several, just, you know, just a few years since I graduated with my master's. But a few years after I had finished my master's degree, I probably had read everything. Hmm. And so I have a very high esteem for that organization. And uh, I'm really glad to get to have this conversation with you today. 
So the name of the book is Safeguards, Shielding Our Homes and Equipping Our Kids. And the reason that I wanted to talk to you particularly about this book is because we're in the midst of a whole season on the podcast where we're taking a time out, if you will, in the month of November, when everybody's thinking, what can I get my kids for Christmas? And all the kids of a certain age want a new phone, or they want a new device, or they want to bring something into their world that opens their world. This is the time of year when parents are considering, is this the right time to do this? And so we're taking a look at the effects of social media on our kids and talked about the top five social media platforms and what they mean and how they're used and how we as parents can understand them. And so today, I really want to talk to you about safeguarding our homes. But more than just safeguarding our homes, I want you to help us understand how we can equip our kids to safeguard their hearts. You know, I have a a freshman in college now and a sophomore in high school, and gone are the days when it's all up to me at this point. We have to begin moving our kids toward being able to safeguard their own hearts at some point. And so there are things that parents need to address, and we need to be able to respond to safety issues. You say in the book that we need to be able to do that with both a dose of realism and a dose of faith. And so maybe kick us off there. Explain what that means and what it might look like in our homes. Yeah, I mean, the temptation or the tendency is to let the pendulum swing too far on either end where we're in denial that there are things we need to equip our children on. And we just think, well, I just trust God and these things won't happen and and I'm doing the right thing, so I don't have to talk to my kids about this. And so we don't take proactive measures in equipping and raising our kids. The other pendulum is we live in fear of it, or I call it kind of the idol of safetyism, where we hold that up as the highest form, the highest value that my kids are protected and safe at all times. And usually what happens is we're driven by fear and all the wrong things. And instead of trusting the Lord that ultimately safety lies in the hands of a loving father. And so we lay our head down at night, being able to rest, knowing that he is in charge of our lives. And we put ourselves in his, his control, his sovereign control. But that said, then we also need to learn to navigate living in a broken, fallen world. And we need to teach our kids to do that well as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think of, um, I'm not going to get this quote just right, but in um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I believe it's between Lucy and Mr. Beaver. I think in the movie, they do it a little differently. It's between Lucy and Mr. Tumnus at the end of the movie. But in the book, I think it's Mr. Beaver. They're having a conversation about Aslan. And I don't think that Lucy and the other kids have met him yet at that point. And she says to him or asks him, is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, I'm paraphrasing, goodness, no, but he's good. And so I think, you know, when parents are consumed with keeping their kids safe, we have to recognize that we live, as you said, we live in a fallen world. And so there is this dose of reality that says our kids are going to encounter things that don't feel safe to us. And yet we can trust God to be good, even in the middle of those things that might not feel exactly safe. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. And then we've got to equip them to be able to discern right from wrong in the midst of those things. Yeah, exactly. So why do you think it's so important for us as parents 
to be proactive in this. As you described earlier, our tendency might be to put our head in the sand, or it might just be to almost be too trusting of the Lord that says, I'm just going to let the Lord deal with this and I'm not going to do anything about it. Why is it important for us to be teaching proactively these kind of skills to our children? Yeah, well, there's a, a couple of ways I could answer that. I mean, it's clearly scriptural, biblical, that we're called to disciple our children. And we need to raise them to know God and his ways. And the interesting thing is the book all about safety skills, but really the foundation of every safety skill is knowing right from wrong. It's knowing God and his ways, because we live in a world that calls evil good and good evil. And we see that in scripture as well, that the world turns what is good evil and what's evil good. And things are becoming utterly confusing and our kids are growing up in an increasingly godless culture that is upending what we know to be good and right and rightly ordered in the world. So if you and I aren't teaching them those things, the world is actively pursuing them and teaching them those things. And so if our kids don't know the difference between right and wrong, then they don't know how to be wise and discerning against evil and malicious intent. They don't know how to evaluate behavior in people's character. So it's so important that we start with saying, Our primary job as parents is to raise kids who know God and his ways, then safety skills will be a fruit of that. Yeah, that's so good. I remember when my youngest son, when we were having a conversation with him, I think he was about 10 years old and he had been to, he's 16 now, so there's just a few years that have happened between then, but he had been to a birthday party where at 10 years old, he was the only one who didn't have a phone yet. And when he came home and told me, mom, I'm the only one that didn't have a phone, my gut reaction was to say, oh, uh uh-huh, whatever. You know, because I said that to my, oh, but mom, I'm the only one, right? And I wasn't, I wasn't the only one. But in this particular case, he actually was the only one that didn't have a phone yet. And I remember trying to figure out a way to explain to him why his dad and I didn't feel like it was time for him to have one. And I I said to him, sweetie, you have to understand the nature of our enemy. The nature of our enemy is not that you're going to necessarily be going after him. It's that he's coming after you. And it's not that mom and dad don't trust you as much as it's wise to trust a 10-year-old, right? But it's not that we don't trust you. It's that we know that there are certain tools that the enemy can use to get to you. And at this point in your life, you don't have the ability to discern when that's happening and when it's not. And so for that reason, your dad and I feel like it's not the right time for you to have one. It's us just trying to protect you. It's us trying to say, there will be a time when you'll be strong enough and wise enough and mature enough to be able to handle that and to recognize when the enemy is attacking you or coming after you, but now is not the day. And it's teaching your children about these things. I'm not going to say he liked that explanation because in the end, he was a 10-year-old that wanted a phone, right? I mean, he he didn't love it, (laughs) but he understood it. And it was part of the way that my husband and I tried to safeguard him in that particular moment or in that particular situation. Yeah. Another metaphor I use all the time with parents and kids is, you know, I wouldn't give my 10 year old the keys to my car just because everybody else is giving the keys to the car. 
Um, but that is the picture of what's unfolding. Parents are saying, well, everybody else is doing it. Every other family is doing it. But I would look at my kids and say, at 10 years old, you don't have all of the, the skills, the resources. You probably don't even physically reach the brake and the pedal to navigate this big machine. But it's not even just that. It's all the dangers and perils out there on the road towards you as well, coming at you on a regular basis. And that's a great picture of technology and social media to say, even if I thought my child was big enough to reach the pedals or was able to navigate all these resources or had the character at 10 years old to do that, they are not at all equipped for the recklessness and the dangers that are invited in by this piece of equipment. And no parent can or should minimize that potential danger. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a wake-up call for us as parents to realize it is about knowing your child. It is about knowing how mature they are and what they can handle and where they are in their faith and, and all of those things. But it is also being aware that the society that we live in and even the way that the social media apps and all that, the way that they're designed to work, uh, just got through talking to Chris McKenna of Protect Young Eyes. And he was like, these systems are smarter than we are. And that is handing over something that is so powerful to our children. And we have to recognize that. I think it helps to drive it home for us to recognize that as parents and not just be uh, more Pollyanna about it and say everything's going to turn out okay in the end because it's a powerful, powerful tool that we're handing our kids. In the book, you have a section on equipping children and then another section on equipping teens and young adults. So I would love it if you could talk to us a little bit about the differences in those age groups, not just from the perspective of social media and phones and devices, but just in the things that we need to be doing as parents to be safeguarding them and teaching them to safeguard themselves. Well, obviously, at different developments, there are different issues, but there's a whole lot of similarities. So let me just start by there's foundational principles of teaching kids to discern right from wrong, teaching kids to evaluate behavior, not character, that we're teaching kids to be wise and discerning. Look at what people say and do. And then we're teaching them to guard against their own hearts. You know, I often think I don't want my child to ever be bullied. Rarely do I think my child could potentially be the bully. But that's the danger of our own hearts, right? That we can participate in things as bystanders, that we can become a person doing wrong things as well and guarding our children's hearts from their own sinful tendencies. So once we have those foundational principles, then it's understanding what developmental age is. What does bullying look like? Four or five or six-year-old is going to be very different than a 16 and 17-year-old. The amount of bullying, cyberbullying that occurs in social media today, we think of bullying as a, a childhood elementary issue, but it is significantly a teen and even college issue. And the, the ramifications are so much greater because kids can't get away from it. It follows them home. It follows them. It's permanent. It's public. So bullying is the same issue, but how it manifests itself is different. 
potentially being groomed, being tempted by drugs, pornography. Our kids tend to be a little safer in elementary age. And as kids hit middle school and high school, some of these issues they face more regularly between peers. So as kids get older, we're preparing them. They're becoming more independent. A child who's younger, I as a parent have more control over who enters into their world. And the older they get and the more independent they get, the more they are entering into the world as they should. And so I should be equipping them both to have the skills, the tools, the wisdom, and the discernment to navigate new things like dating and relationships and independence and driving and college life. But the foundational principles don't change, which is why it's so important to start early. Because once you do, you're teaching them to navigate new things, but you're teaching them to rely on the same wisdom and discernment that they have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that wisdom that, you know, the Bible talks so much about. When my kids were very young, I had a pastor's wife that I worked with outside of our home, and she was a light to me in many ways. But she had three girls. They were grown by the time that I got to know her. And I remember lamenting one day that I was really struggling to find any time in the word with two small children. Our boys were born 23 months apart. So it was just constant. And I'm just not getting as much of the Lord as I want right now. And and she told me something that really changed my life. And that was that when her girls were very young, she would read a Psalm and a proverb a day. And that was it for a season. That was it. Now I didn't stay that way forever. But in that particular season, she said, I chose to fill up my mind with the wisdom of God. And so she said, I felt like if I read a Psalm and a Proverb every day over and over and over again, I would end up being a fairly wise woman. And so I think about that. And I I practiced that habit myself when they were young. And I still find myself defaulting back to if I don't know what I want to study or if I'm just feeling like I really need the wisdom of God in a situation, I will go back to that and read a Psalm and a Proverb a day. I just cycle back every so often. And so some of this is teaching our children to be able to recognize wisdom and being able to make decisions based on that, which by the way, I will say that just because we teach them wisdom doesn't always mean that they will act with wisdom. That's just a reality of, <laughs> of having kids, but it's, it doesn't mean that it's wrong to continue to teach them about wisdom. But it's also about, you know, not just helping them to make wise decisions, It's also about us making wise decisions, which is why I told that story. What are some of the wisdom issues that you address for parents inside of safeguards? So I think you're you're saying something really important. And let me just point to uh, Hebrews 5.14 says, For the mature, they practice their powers of discernment. They have their powers of discernment that comes from constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So as parents, some of the wisdom issues start with just helping my kids to know good from evil and the skill of discernment and evaluating. So I use the word noticing, you know, teaching. I start first by noticing, noticing how people act in public, noticing how my friends treat you, noticing how your friends treat each other, noticing when you go over to somebody's house, what their rules are of the family. So you're starting with these elementary type things, which means then I also notice what a babysitter tells me to do. Is it right and good? 
And I should always listen. But if it's wrong, I never have to listen, even if it's an adult. So the wisdom issues for parents then say, until a child's old enough to protect themselves, I need to protect them. So how do I think about the babysitters? How do I think about sleepovers? How do I think about who are the safe people my kids should go to? Should they have any concerns? So again, sleepovers, friendships, childcare, babysitting, when to give kids technology, what kind of technology they can handle. There's not a right and wrong, thus saith the Lord, here's the age you do it. It's the wisdom of knowing the needs of my children, knowing what makes them vulnerable, knowing who they can and should trust and who they they shouldn't trust. Mm -hmm. I love something that you said. You called it the skill of discernment. I just had a conversation this morning with a friend of mine who has what she would refer to as the gift of discernment. And so I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we think about discernment as either a gift we have or a gift we don't have because we have other gifts that God's given us. But you're saying it's a skill and it can be learned. What would you say to that? Yeah. Well, I think Hebrews says that. So there, you do think people are incredibly gifted. There are people that seem to be more wise and discerning. But I think Hebrews says for the mature, they practice, they have their powers of discernment that come by constant practice. So that means it's not a gift. That means it is a skill. It is something we learn. We learn to discern. So I think there are people who are incredibly gifted in it as well. So it's not an either or. So the mature are those who are practiced in discerning. And how do they discern? They learn good from evil, right from wrong, wise from unwise, morally ambiguous for what is good and pleasing. And that's the maturity as kids get older, where black and white is easier. But the morally ambiguous, the gray areas, the, those are the wisdom discernment places that if we teach our kids, we start early, they learn, they have that practice, and they learn that skill of discerning. Yeah. One of the things that we've talked about in our home since our boys were little is that Essentially, there are two types of men, and I say men in my home because I have boys, but there are two types of people. There's the wise man and there's the foolish man. And so we talk about, you know, what wisdom is. The wise man loves the Lord, follows him, knows right from wrong, and, you know, seeks after God all of his days. The foolish man says in his heart, there is no God. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And the Bible's very clear about the ramifications of both of those lives. Not that if we choose wisdom, everything will be perfect, but if we choose folly, everything will not be perfect. And so we talk about that all the time in our home. And and I find myself asking my kids often when they're faced with a certain decision, what kind of man do you want to be? Do you want to be the wise man or do you want to be the foolish man? You get to make this decision. So if we have someone that's listening right now who is really struggling and feeling stressed out about this idea, you know, I have had this thought in my mind for a while now that we live as parents, we live in a time of the world that is stressful. There are higher anxiety rates in our boys and girls than there have been in decades. Our kids, as you've said, don't have a fence of safety and protection around their home the way that they used to because those little devices come home with them in their back pockets and the bullies can come straight home with them in in that form. There are a lot of things that parents have to be discerning about in our lives that 
the root of those things may be the same, but my parents didn't have to discern the same way for me that I'm having to discern for my kids today. And maybe that's the way it is in every generation. But for the mom or the dad that's listening right now, who is stressed out about it, who is struggling to know how to even start and is feeling overwhelmed by all of the things they need to safeguard their kids from, what would you say to offer them some hope? I would start by saying, don't do it alone. You are not alone. First of all, the Lord will give you what you need. And that's where ultimately our safety rests in the hands of God, wisdom rests in God. And when we ask for it, the Lord gives us generously. So we don't need to go out and be reading all the self-help books. And even my book, as wonderful as I would hope you would think it is, ultimately it's the Lord that gives us wisdom to know the needs of our home. And then there are people out there who are writing books like me who give you great ideas, like all kinds of ways of talking and expressing it and role playing so that you don't have to figure it all out on yourself. So our Lord cares about our children, cares about giving us the wisdom that we need. And then we surround ourselves with wise, good people who we can riff off of, who we can say, how do you do this? And how do you talk to your kids? And do you have any good resources you recommend? That's the body of Christ at work to say, you don't ever have to figure it out by yourself. Amen. The power of community. I love that. Well, as we're wrapping up, I would love it if you would tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can get involved in what you're doing for the kingdom and where they can grab a copy of Safeguards. Yeah, you can get Safeguards both on Amazon and at New Growth Press. Uh, They're the publishers. You can follow me. I'm on Facebook under my name and also just join the Instagram world reluctantly. I've joined social media. I think this is great stuff that you are talking about and equipping families to to love their kids well and raise them in a hard generation is so needed today. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. Don't forget to get your copy of our new prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Have Wisdom. You can find it and more information about Julie Lowe now in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Million Praying Moms podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Go check them out. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.